Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 24 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the second chapter of Acts today and our focus is on what the early church looked like. So thanks for joining us for Bible 2021. Check us out on our webpage, Bible2021.com. Share us with friends. Leave us a review on Apple and iTunes. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to go to church in its earliest days? You know, in the first couple of hundred years after the time of Jesus, how different it must have been from today. Well, fascinatingly, we actually have some pretty detailed descriptions of very early church services, including I'm going to read you one I'm going to read you right now from an early Christian named Justin Martyr who lived from about AD 100 to AD 165. So he begins with a description of baptism and Martyr says this, when we have thus washed a man who has accepted the teaching and made his profession of faith, We bring him to those who are called brethren, where they are assembled to offer prayers in common for ourselves, for the person thus illuminated, and for all others everywhere, with might and main, that we who have learnt the truth may be granted to prove through our deeds also good citizens and keepers of the commandments, that we may obtain eternal salvation. At the end of these prayers, we embrace each other with a kiss." The bread is brought to the president of the brethren in a cup of water and wine. This he takes and offers praise and glory to the Father of all through the name of his Son and of the Holy Spirit. When the president has given thanks and all the people have assented, those whom we call deacons give a portion of the bread over which thanksgiving has been offered and of the wine and water to each of those who are present and they carry them away to those who are absent. The wealthy among us help the needy, and we always keep together, and for all things with which we are supplied, we bless the Maker of all through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Ghost. And on the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together to one place, and the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as time permits. Then, when the reader has ceased, the President verbally instructs us and exhorts us to the imitation of these good things. Then we all rise together and pray, and, as we before said, when our prayer is ended, bread and wine and water are brought in the president in like manner, offers prayers and thanksgiving according to his ability, and the people say amen, and there is a distribution to each and a participation of that over which thanks have been given, and to those who are absent, his portion is sent by the deacons, and those who are well-to-do and willing give what each thinks fit, and what is collected is deposited with the president, who then helps the orphans and the widows and those who through sickness or any other cause are in want and those who are in bonds and the strangers sojourning among us and in a word takes care of all who are in need. Well, that description just gives us a great picture of how church gatherings would have been around a hundred years after the resurrection of Jesus. And there's just so much to comment on, but honestly, we don't have time. I do find it really fascinating that Martyr refers to the leader of the assembly, not as a pastor, but as president. And I love his description of the togetherness of the whole group and how the wealthy help the needy. It just seems to be almost directly lifted from the end of Acts chapter 2 and Acts 4, which is also Now, speaking of Acts chapter 2, let's go ahead and read it and pay particular attention at the end for the description of the daily gatherings of the earliest church members. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred... A crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed and said, Look, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. And they were all astonished and and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said, They're drunk on wine. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire in a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. 
With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So what a wonderful, great, amazing picture uh, into the life of the early church. So they gathered daily, maybe even twice a day, as it would seem that there was like this daily meeting in the in the temple, like in the morning, and then a nightly meeting in homes, eating and fellowshipping together. They took great care of the needy and shared with everybody. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles, and there were many miracles done. The church was growing and just seems absolutely soaked in joy. It all just seems so, if I could use one word to describe it, I would say vibrant. And church today can and should and must be just as vibrant. We may not have the apostles or the freshness of the early church, but the Spirit and the gifts are ours, as Luther says, and it is the Holy Spirit that was the source of life and vibrancy for the early church. So friends, let this glimpse into the life of the early church, this picture of the early church, let it fuel you. Let it fuel me. Let it call us back to that kind of vigor and vitality. Not that we bring it up from inside of ourselves, but no, we lean on and trust and seek the Holy Spirit and seek the Lord in prayer just like they did. And yes, I believe when we do that, we will walk in the life and the vibrancy and the vigor and the spirit-empowered power of the early church because it's the Holy Spirit that was the source of that. Well, let's end with our Bible memory verse for the month, which is Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time, Mark 1, 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.